Welcome to Shaken Awake Podcast, the non-sugar-coated Christian podcast on the net. Uh, sugar-coating causes truth decay, which is why we here rely on the very Word of God to dictate our direction and path in life that God has set before us, not what the world or man-made doctrine or the necessarily uh, what the pulpit dictates. And I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm here to share the words from God's Word and provide you what He and the Holy Spirit have convicted me of and are pressing me to communicate out. So if you're a first-time listener, welcome. And if you're a long-time listener, welcome. Glad to have your ears and attention for just a few minutes to uh, share what God has led me to share with you on this episode. And a special shout-out and a thank you for a few new listeners coming to us from uh, Mexico, Kenya, Indonesia, Malta, Italy, and Norway. So thank God for placing this in your path and for sharing in these messages along with us. Welcome aboard, guys. And without further ado, let's move on with episode number 70, uh, which is entitled, Do You Love God? And as many of uh, you may or may not know, I'm an introvert at heart. That used to be considered a bad trait to have, but over the years, you know, research has given us some insight into the pros and cons of both the uh, introvert and the extrovert. And of course, there are varying degrees of both. So due to the line of work that I'm in, I've done a lot of research and coaching uh, to both of these personalities, but I'm not going to speak on these today. What I will say is that introverts like myself prefer to think a lot uh, before we speak. And if we say something out loud, generally speaking, we've done a little bit of thinking before we let it out of our mouth. We live inside of our head a lot. So it's not uncommon to feel right like we've had a very productive day and need some downtime down and, and to feel like we just want some peace and quiet, even though we may not have even spoken to any anyone that day. We've done a lot of thinking and talking inside our head. Anyway, I digress, but I guarantee any introverts listening now know exactly what I'm saying. So in my thoughtfulness during the day, the other day, it dawned on me that I have finally and do only to God and the understanding uh, that comes only from the Holy Spirit, a lot of true peace. A uh, complete change of heart toward those that speak ill of me and my brothers and sisters in Christ and of Christ alone. A, um, a calm about me, no matter the lunacy and evil spiraling all around us and around me and the rest of the world. Just feeling loved by the Father no matter who is portraying hate and ill will towards me both in person and or online. And, and just a determination and a boldness to do what the Father asks of me, no matter what the perceived or the real consequences of doing his will. And, and just a constant yearning to learn more and the knowledge that I have a, a finite time here left on earth and, and, and to actually feel Daily, each grain of sand that's pouring through my life's hourglass, 
that was flipped upside down the minute I was born. So I no longer wake up feeling like I'll live forever, and I and that I have all you know the time left to get right with God and to do His will. Um, you know, I also have been awakened, shaken awake, to be exact, to the fact that you know ninety nine percent of what I see and hear each day has nothing good in store for the kingdom of God, nor the unsaved, nor the saved, nor for the time I have left remaining on this earth. You know, in, in fact, all it is is noise that surrounds me and it, and it attempts to cloud and protect the God of this world, who's Satan, and just become a deterrent towards doing good for the will of God. So every minute counts, so to speak. So with all that I just said, what amazes me and what I also give God praise and worship and thanks daily for is the simple but potent fact that it's him and his Holy Spirit that's given me the knowledge, the understanding, um, the peace, the love, joy, expectation, desire, passion, and the foreknowledge that I'll, I'll never have in the... I, I never had it in the first 41 years of my life, but also that it's not permanently attached to my spirit and the spirit to whom I walk in now. My flesh can't overpower it and the darkness can no longer put out its light. So let me remind you, these things are not of my doing or of my power, I have none, but of God's. Okay, so Jesus even corrected the man if you can remember, um, if you read your Bibles, not, uh, he, he reminded the man and he corrected him who called him good. And he reminded him that no one's good, not even him, Jesus, but only the Father who had sent him. And therefore, it's not by my good works or faith, but by the mercy and loving kindness and salvation and the promises of God to those who love him. I love him. I love God. I cannot love anything until I love him. I cannot love myself and I can't love my neighbors as myself until I love God. I can't love God until I know him. How can you love something you don't know? And as his word so eloquently states, we love him because he first loved us. How many of you would die for those you don't know? Not one of you and not me. How many do you know that would not only die for those they don't know, but would die for those they don't know and those that actually would end up hating them? Not one of you and not me. And yet he did. He did and we miss that when we're going about our days. We've become so numb to the world that we've lost sight as a church that what happened over 2,000 years ago is as alive today as it was on that day that he said, and he was dying for you and I when he said it. He said, it is finished. God lives outside of time and space. Time and space is only relative to your and my feeble little human minds. What he did before he created the earth still remains in effect today, no less than the actual day he did so. And he did it loving you and me thousands upon thousands of years before you were even born, knowing that he, he would knit you in your mother's womb. And the amazing thing is, it's not just a cool tale written in the Bible. This truth holds true every time you open your eyes when you awaken to a new day, like today. 
And each day and each time you inhale and exhale. And it will be the same until you take your last breath on earth and you're first in heaven. The spirit behind today's podcast, which I feel just led to speak on today, is do you really love God? Love is all capitalized here. Or the thought of him, meaning is it just an infatuation? Or do you truly and really love God? Where, who, and what is your heart most consciously devoted to daily? Is it God? Or is it your life and the things and the people in it? Don't worry, I'm not asking to shame you or place guilt or cast stones. I've asked myself this question repeatedly. Okay, I'm an introvert. I do this often. It's not, it's not an exercise in living my best life. It's an important tool to assess where we are running the race and whether we are running the race set before us, loving God with every fiber of our being day in and day out and loving those around us. Everything else is of this world, not of the eternal kingdom. It's not holding fast to a holier than thou, you know, free will belief system, uh, some kind of regimented, uh, regimented, sorry, works based living arrangement. This is part of living your life for God and not for you. For the moment you and your sins died with Christ on that tree, you were resurrected, born again in a new life, and given the spirit of the Holy Spirit, it was a gift. You were given a gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised you and I and his disciples before he ascended to heaven. You, at that very moment, okay, belong to Christ. Christ in you. No longer the God of this world or the flesh in you. The flesh will always be at war with God, but the Spirit will always be aligned with God and will help establish your steps. So you're either a child of God Listen to this. You're either a child of God or a child of Satan. The Bible tells us that. Don't ever listen to me. Listen to God's word. And if you test what I'm saying, test it in the Bible. So do you love God? Do you love God? Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, not ours, his purpose. So I read that, and as I read it, I'm, I'm sad when I hear of those who you know, live in turmoil, who, who profess to be Christians. Not that I believe they're not Christians or that I'm questioning their beliefs, but I wonder why they're not looking for God in the midst of their anguish or problems. Why are they not more at peace why are they not convinced that God is always bigger than their problems? So they nod their heads in church when the pastor says it and give a loud hallelujah and raise their hands in approval. Yet when they're tested in the spirit, they cower, they crumble. They look for, for guidance from others. Their hope is uh, deplete, depleted or their anger is heightened or their grief is made worse. Where is God? He's always there through the good and the bad. How can we love a God, the God, our God, we don't trust when the going gets rough, when the winds and the storm grow stronger by the hour? Or conversely, how can we truly love God 
when the times are good and our paths are straight, but the moment we enter into tribulations and darkness and and trouble, we either don't seek him for our, our first and only resort, or we look to the people and the things of this earth to help save us from destruction. It can't be both, and it can't be either or. And the Bible speaks to this. Very specifically, listen to this, Isaiah 29, 13, wherefore the Lord said, for as much as his people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips to honor me, but have removed their heart far from me and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Ezekiel 33, 31, and they come unto thee as the people cometh and they sit before thee as my people and they hear my words but they will not do them. For with their mouth, they show me much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. Mark 15, eight, this people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And lastly, but I could keep going on, Mark 7, 6, Jesus answered them. Isaiah prophesied correctly about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I'm not making this up. And the reason, I, I don't know why they don't teach this in the, the pulpit. I'm sure some they do, but the mass, the masses never hear that. And, and, and you know, anytime you hear things repeatedly stated in the Bible, it was intentional because it's that important. So these verses are continually used to convict me and keep me looking at where my heart is at any given time. Am I a, a hypocrite in action, thought, and, and, and heart? Or am I on the narrow path that leads to life? Then I come to another passage, which I love so dearly. It's written by the Apostle Paul, obviously inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it's James 1.12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Which God has promised to those who, what? Who love him. How do you remain when under trial? Remember why this podcast was called Shaken Awake? That's what God's word does. And here we find yet another example in 1 John 4, 7 to 21. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So guys, do we love one another? And I'm not talking about loving those who love you, um, uh, you know, nor loving those who you like. I'm talking about the same God is talking about. One another. This next verse allows me to receive it in the context of the spirit and deliver it to you in the same. To this very day, every time I read it, I'm as convicted 
as the first time I read it. I'm just blown away. So if the shoe fits, man, kick it off. Luke 6, 32 to 36. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners, he's talking about unsaved. For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners unsaved do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners unsaved lend to sinners to get back the same amount, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be the sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. This is just a, uh, a great outline and a blueprint for how God thinks and can break it down for our feeble little minds to understand and then provide us the free will to either understand, accept, and obey or not. It's that easy. And here's another promise I love for those that love God, okay? James 2, 5, listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? which he has promised to those who love him. Again, quote unquote, which he has promised to those who love him. There's no ifs and ands or buts in there. You either love him or you don't. He knows the heart. And because he searches and knows the heart, there's no doubt why Jesus said that, in quotes, few will enter into the kingdom. It's love for God. It's the greatest and first commandment per Jesus. And the second is just like it per Jesus. Let's love ourselves just as much or more as we do ourselves. Here's another that further sheds light into the otherwise dark doctrine that many would have us believe and stray from the truth of God and his word. And that is 1 John 4, 7. Got about one more minute here. Stick with me. First John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. There's your ultimate compass north. Love for God and love for one another indicates that we've been born of God and that we know God. There's no other way to dance around the scripture or to dilute it or otherwise ignore it or you know offset its power by just justifying the opposite with other scriptures. And I'm sorry, no, I'm not, I'm not sorry. I'm seeing a lot of this between the supposed church and its members these days, and it's sickening. And it's from the devil. God cannot be wrong. He cannot lie. He cannot contradict himself. He cannot remove his promises. There's your free will to believe or to not believe and be convicted and convinced on something else based on the world's misdirection and by the author of confusion. So here's a simple test for you, but one you could really, you can really only answer honestly and fully if you read your Bible through. How is your life? Are you afflicted with sadness, with grief, with turmoil, with strife, with rejection, with hopelessness, with unforgiveness, with pain, with a past that holds you in bondage? with confusion? If so, do you love 
God. Are you living your life for him or for yourself? Are your sights set on him or on tomorrow? Is your thought life on you and the things of this world or on him and on heavenly things daily? When you, know, when you love something, truly love something with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, how do you treat it? What has to happen for you to stop loving it with all your heart and your soul and your mind? Or, or what happens for you to put it off to the side and not actively love it with all your heart, soul, and mind? And here's the last question, and it may hurt. If you don't love it continuously, whatever, wherever it is, fill in the blank. If you don't love it continuously, day after day, with all your heart, soul, and mind, do you really love it? Do you love God? So with that, I just want to thank you all for listening in, and I pray this touched you in some way. If so, please pass this forward. Just And if you could, just take 10 seconds and leave a review somewhere to help attract others to the show. Just search Google for Shaken Awake Podcast. Pick the one that you like. Uh, the show is online everywhere from Facebook to YouTube to the website, Instagram, etc. I, I just want the word spread as far as God will allow. And also enter your uh, email to subscribe and don't miss another episode. And if you can, please check out any past show you may have missed, especially the very first episode where I can give God all the glory for how he turned, I think, the chief of sinners. I don't know, me and me and Paul, the apostle, one day we'll have an arm wrestling match over who was the chief sinner. But in any event, um, I certainly was uh, very disturbed and God turned a life of misery and hell into one that uh, will do his will. So there's a lot to be heard in some of the past episodes. And using the actual Bible for the show is the only way to produce the fruit of the Spirit if it's applied. So thank you all for listening. We'll talk again soon. God bless you and have a great day. 